0: Hi, my name is Keith Gunane, host of Starter Convos. We're recording live today from the Nest Space, which is a yoga studio in Greenside, Johannesburg. Um, Just had a very beautiful conversation with Winnie Zwane, who's left the comforts of the corporate world for a more untraditional setting of the practice of hypnotherapy. She's been doing that for about two years and today we speak to her about her world and we unlock insights on her practice and how that's beneficial for her hope you enjoy the conversation.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. So, um, Winnie, hi. hi. Hi, kid. How are How you, you? doing? I'm good at you. Good, thank you. Um, so, I, I usually don't like introductions. Okay. The guys know. I like to get straight into, into the That's conversation. Fine. Okay. Um, and we'll introduce you there and we'll do like a formal introduction okay. at the end okay. of the session. But, you know, one of the things that, that, that really you know, was striking about you and your story was the fact that you actually were in corporate before and you basically left corporate to work in a more sort of untraditional setting, which is hypnotherapy. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, that the back, background of that story? Background of,
1: okay. Okay, I'll take you just a little bit back because I think um, everything is linked to the next thing, to the next thing. But when I go back, uh, when I finished my, my matric, I really wasn't sure what it is that I wanted to do. So because I, I had a science background in mathematics and biology was good, literally good in those subjects, I ended up going for something in science. But I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So for me ending up here is not really a coincidence, simply because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I went and I studied. Firstly, I studied geology. Geology? Yeah, geology, yeah. And then graduated and I had a sponsor, which are now known as Marikana, the Marikana Mines. Then it was LONDRO, LONMIN, it was LONDRO Platinum Mines. And I had a sponsor from them, and so on, during holidays, I would literally go and work for them as part of, of serving my, uh, my applications as, a, as, as they were taking me through school. And I loved it. And I, I would say I loved it simply because it was a different environment. However, when I graduated, I just didn't feel that environment was for me, and for me, to leave, to get out of my uh, obligations for them because I needed to work for them, I simply said it's, I don't find it safe. And because I was a woman, they let me go <laughs> okay. just as easily without me repaying the, the, um, the battery. So I, I, I got off and then I went to University of Natal to study become Finance. And when I started Become Finance, I From graduated. Geology yeah, to become, to become Finance. finance like Except, but I think already. if you look at it, I was actually lost. I just didn't know. But all yeah. I know is that I was good. I, was, I loved studying And because I had never really experienced failure. So studying was natural for me. Because each time I studied, I would pass. And then I went to Natal and I did Become Finance. Also, I, 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 to let you know, I didn't know what it is that I wanted to do. And I remember I used to have a friend, a very close friend of mine, who loved the corporate look, how she used to look, how you would look. And we would fantasize about working for corporate with laptops on, with high heels and suits. Living the
0: life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: living the life. Absolutely. That's what I saw myself as. And also I had a sponsor. Uh, standard corporate and merchant bank sponsored me. So you kept
0: on having all these different yes. sponsors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because you know you go there, you write tests, they interview you, you pass and they because all they look at is, is, is IQ. They don't look at whether are you a good match for the career you want. So and then I worked for them for a year and in that what one year when I finished it was insane because first of all that's why I discovered I actually don't like wearing um, Suits I I used to battle I'd walk into the office um, Wearing high heels and as soon as I walk in I would take off my shoes and my slops (laughs) and Sometimes I would even walk barefoot in the office if I forget and when I go to the to the to the toilet I'd have to put on my heels and sometimes I would forget I'd walk with with, with my slops and it was a no-no back then so (laughs) So this is just to say that this, that's the environment I came in and because I had never seen anyone else do something different than working for corporate, I also just went for that. So the switch comes in when I was doing my last year in, in Natal. Then I met a guy who actually, a friend, he was a very good friend of mine. He had a car accident and he broke his spine. And he was told that he would never walk again and he would not be able to go back to study. The the accident was really huge. Yeah. And it happened during school holidays. That's what he was told, because I think it broke one of the T-bones in here. I think one of the, I think it's the yeah. And then this guy comes back a month later, he shows up in a walking stick, he can walk. This is a month later? This is a month later. After being told he couldn't walk? Yes, he couldn't walk. And then I ask him, what happened? How come you can walk? And then he starts telling me that when he was in hospital, he would see people. He, he would, in, in, in his mind he would see people working on his spine and one of the nurses actually came and told him that don't listen what the doctors say to you if you believe you can walk again you will walk okay. and as a result he used to have he used to do uh, visualizations and then he would see people working uh, doing work on his spine and a month later he could walk and he was a ballroom dancer they told him he would never uh, dance again and now he's he's now actually still dancing he still does ballroom dancing so that's where this that's when i started uh just being interested in that and then he used to go to a a different church and i started going to him in that church just to get to understand what is it that they do in these different churches
0: so you got you got interested in the aspect of him being able to walk yeah just this the sheer sort of will you know to actually push himself to a position that he could now walk again
1: I suppose it was both, hey, because for me it was intriguing that how could someone who has been told that they cannot walk again a month later be able to walk? And it wasn't a mistake because uh, when you look when you looked at his at his x-rays you could see that he, his he, his spine was broken and this mm. person is not supposed to be able to walk mm. but he could walk. Seems so- quite
0: miraculous, actually
1: yeah yeah mm. absolutely it's like like a miracle mm. but then the more i spent time with him the more he introduced me into the into astral travel he actually started introducing me to the another world that i didn't even know existed
0: so I talk about astral travel mm-hmm. a little and we'll get back to the story but I okay just no
1: we can leave that yeah <laughs> oh wait, wait. i don't to bonus be you because i've never really done astral travel mm. so it's just from hearing from him is that you could uh, at, at night when everybody sleeps kind of like your soul travels and then it, you can go and do other things elsewhere and then still come back into your body either your soul or spirit is one of that but he used to tell me stories that you know people you can do this you can do this so almost like taking me to this fear that i understood that life is black and white like there's this underworld that nobody talks about that we don't even know exists
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay back to the story <laughs>
1: okay back to the story of how i
0: yeah, of how you transitioned, transitioned. after hearing the story. Okay, from him and,
1: and then from interested. there, I because the company that sponsored me was here in in, in in Johannesburg, and I started also attending meditations here in Johannesburg. But at that time, mostly it was white people who did the work, and it, it was people. Uh, it was quite pricey, so I made a, a, a decision to move to Durban. Because I wanted to learn more about these things. And my in my head I thought to myself, but all of these things are from the East. So Indians know these things better than everyone else. And where in South Africa do you find Indians? In Durban. <laughs> and that's how I literally moved to Durban. Because oh. I thought to myself I would get to Durban and actually be able to afford these things and be able to learn and live among them and see how they actually incorporate this um Different things, like of spiritual things, into their lives. Mm. Yeah, and mm. then I moved to Durban, and when I got to Durban, the first thing that I, that introduced me was uh, I was introduced to was Reiki, which I used to do, and I eventually trained as a Reiki healer. Okay.
0: What's Reiki for those of us? who It's energy know.
1: healing. It's basically energy healing where you, where, where you channel energy into the person's being So you heal with energy. So you literally use your hands, but you don't touch the client They're at a distance and you can actually feel the energies of the person and then almost like uh, Manipulate the energies with um, for well-being with a uh, with with the energy that you transmit okay. it's almost like you become a vessel you don't use your energy it's universal energy but you channel it through you okay. yeah
0: okay so at which point do you decide to completely abandon the corporate world and, it, okay it wasn't
1: really a conscious choice I'll tell you and it, it wasn't a conscious choice it happened Actually, it's almost like a decision was made for me. I think while I was in Durban a whole of a lot of things happened I got married and I had kids so and When things didn't go well in my marriage The stress of having to raise kids on your to raise kids on your own and having to work as well got into me so stress we don't and i started feeling like i wasn't well and i wasn't sure what is it and you know sometimes you can see that you're not well and you think you're the only one but other people can see you're not well as well so i wasn't well and i remember when there was a a, a u.s company bought our company um we all had to do sort of like your aptitude test where they Mm -hmm. need to see where another person fits where you fit so
0: you actually re-interview for for your position it wasn't
1: re-interview i didn't re-interview they literally had to do tests just to see if where you are is where you should be or maybe they should put in other departments and in and while doing those aptitude tests i scored (laughs) well i scored very well And then they decided that I'm not suited for brand management. They were going to move me into research and strategy because that's where I was more suitable for. And then it went from being uh, waiting for, and uh, the position was created, that's where I was going to move. And it went from actually being told that you're going to, we're moving you here, we're starting this department, you are going the one one who's going to head, head, head this department. And a week, two weeks later, oh, you're not performing. Mm, and then more stress exactly (laughs) more stress before I was even moved just like more no you're not performing and then I thought to myself oh my goodness what the hell is this sauce put on a on a management program management program passed it went well but it was highly stressful and then Two months later I realized you know what I actually know I can't do this it's actually hectic but then you have kids to take care of you've got a whole life you have to maintain you have to maintain your house you have to maintain you know you have to pay your you know your financial obligations are still there at the mm. at the end of the month and then two months later they come back again oh we need, you know you're still not performing but I'm like okay how is this possible not performing everything goes well and then I'm not performing and then I just decided you know what maybe this is just a way out for me then I just I literally just got a lawyer and I just said when you know what I've worked here as well this is what they do when they actually want to let you go this is what I suggest we do I suggest we just come back with a proposal mm-hmm. to say we, we understand what it is that the wanting to do you get a package and you leave and this way that's how I did it and okay. that's how I left yeah
0: okay and did you go straight into hypnotherapy at the point? I was
1: you... no, I was studying hypnotherapy at that point, okay. and I hadn't qualified as yet. And I had a, uh, I didn't actually go into it. I just took a break and I stayed home. I stayed home for like two, three years.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I stayed home for like two, three years. Was that I... a
0: good time for you to um, it actually... sort of recalibrate and see what you really wanted
1: to? do? Yeah, today. it was. A, I'll tell you, it was a good time in a sense that I was less stressed and. Um, I was less stressed and I started, uh, I actually started life coaching which I thought I was going to do because then I didn't know much if there was anything I could do with hypnotherapy in South Africa because I had tried before and there wasn't a school in South Africa that taught hypnotherapy. So I did uh, coaching and the more I started doing coaching I actually realized that something was not, something was lacking mm. with coaching because Even though the coaching that I did was was worked with the brain, so it's almost like rewiring the brain, there was something that was just missing. For example, for someone who comes to you with issues of procrastination, you actually teach person how to work around it, but you don't really solve the issue. And depending on, on, on on how severe the issue is, the person it means they have to live with it for the rest of their lives, and I just thought to myself, something is missing, and I also just didn't feel quite as if this is what I was meant to do for my life. Mm. Yeah. Then I uh, then I went ahead and then I started hypnotherapy. Yeah, I started hypnotherapy, and then I stopped.
0: Were you, were you teaching yourself? Were you no, studying? No, no, I was studying. I went to an
1: institution. Okay. I went to an institution. Yeah. Okay. And then I stopped, and without knowing why I stopped, and it was only after i had been through hypnotherapy myself that i realized what it is that was stopping me and Mm -hmm. i also realized that what was happening with me when i was corporate and i was not performing i actually had chronic fatigue
0: Uh, Mm. okay okay and is that i'm trying to get into now you studying hypnotherapy and wanting to do it as a practice yeah is it linked to the story you were talking about of the guy who had an accident who couldn't walk
1: is it is? somehow linked? Oh my word. No, not that <laughs> actually. Actually, okay. How it's linked is that before I went to, jo, to, to, to Durban, before I moved to Durban, a friend of mine heard about past life regressions. And then he came, she came to me and told me that um, she's heard about past life regression. Have you heard about it? And I, I had never heard of, of, of past life regression. I, but somehow, when I, heard, I just heard that word, I knew I wanted to know more about that. Mm. It it it's almost like it resonated with me, and I, and as a result, because things were prized in Beck, I couldn't even do it. So that's when I moved to Deben. When I moved to Deben, I still couldn't find people who who actually could do past life regressions for you. So it became that thing that you're interested in, but you don't know what it's about, but you know it really resonates. So I started reading books on hypnotherapy. I started reading books. And then I got even more interested into it. And I kept on searching. And I found that there were schools in London, literally, that would do uh, hypnotherapy. And then I moved into London mm. at some point. Mm. Even though I never got to study it, I had to come back and then study it. When I came back from London, there already was a school in South Africa. That's when I started studying it. Okay. Yeah.
0: And I'm, I'm, I'm interested because you know hypnotherapy is not something that a lot of people would naturally gravitate <laughs> to, towards. Yeah. In fact, it has a bit of a stigma, actually. Mm. Um, I mean, I had a session with you recently to test it out. (laughs) I was a bit scared, to be honest. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) I was a bit scared, but I think I got, you know, um, you relaxed me into into what was happening. Uh Um, But I remember talking to a friend of mine after the session, and, Mm. you know, she'd gone through a whole lot of different life situations. Uh, She moved to... Uh, Germany at some point, her parents were in exile in America and they were separated and all these things and you know when we were having the conversation she was actually scared to to, to engage in hypnotherapy yeah. and it, it didn't surprise me at all because I was also scared mm. um, But but can you just talk about why there's such a big stigma around hypnotherapy?
1: actually honestly i don't know why there's such a big stigma against hypnotherapy but one of the things i know is that people take what they see from movies and think that's what it is in real life whereas it's it's not and also i think churches actually they they are also against hypnotherapy and they say it's devil work it's or devil worship whatever it is i don't know what they say but with me i've never been one to listen to what the crowd say so if something, I think that's one of, I'll say something I've been blessed with, if something resonates with me, I'll explore it and see if it works and if it still resonates and if it no longer resonates, I'll just literally ditch it and move on and, and adopt something else. And this has literally stuck with me and it's stuck for different reasons. One of them, because I've, trans- I've, I've, I've actually transformed my life using hypnotherapy. I know where I was when I tell you with chronic fatigue and I didn't know what was going on and everybody would tell you go to zangomas and all of that because something is not right. When, when the med- medical field cannot tell you what is wrong with you or they can tell you, oh, you are tired or oh, it's chronic fatigue, take this, anti- you know, take, oh, you're depressed, take antidepressants. And as much as I have tried, but if I take a medication after a week, I forget about it. It's like I cannot be on prolonged medication, I don't. maybe that's how just my system works. And I just thought to myself, there's got to be more to life than this life that we are all to- told about, that we live. Like, there's got to be a solution somewhere, there's no way that we could be brought in, onto this plane and there's no solution and the solution is popping a pill. I think that's, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that was my drive for me, there's got to be a solution and I don't know where that came from, but mm-hmm. that's what I had, yeah. So how, how long have you been practicing that? It's been two years
0: now. Yeah. Okay. And how has it transformed your life in the two years of your practice?
1: Okay, it has transformed in so many ways. But I think the more transformation happened for me when I was going through therapy myself. How working, just doing this life, and it's also it how it has transformed is just seeing people when they walk in, and when they walk out, because you work with the brain waves. You can see when the person walks in the energy, and as they walk out, they're completely transformed. You can literally see them on the face that it's almost like a, 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 you've, you've lit some neurons, a different neuron than mm. when, when they came in. Mm. But also the insights that people give you when you listen to them. Uh, just to give an example, I had a client uh, who had an issue with um, feeling abandoned. And when we went back, he went. She, she went into a point where she was just before she was born. And, you know, we all come from different uh, backgrounds in terms of religion. But she, and she could, because when you go there, you know, you can tell that, okay, I'm at the point where I'm born. I'm like, how do you know? She says, because I can see everything else, the situations that I'm going to be born into. I can literally see. I can see my parents are arguing and I know that. After I'm born, this this madness is not gonna stop, and I have anxiety because I don't wanna be born into this situation. (laughs) 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 And literally, that's where the anxiety came from. So we, we literally, so it was this anxiety of feeling abandoned. And then when I when I was there, then I when I then I want I asked if I could ask a personal question because where she is, we are all connected, and she can just tap to whatever it is that she needs to tap to and tell me the answer. And i can't remember what answer i actually asked and she said to me you know what we come here all to learn we are all connected so it's almost like there's a almost like there's a group you're sent down to go and learn and when you learn you learn on behalf of everyone else it's not it doesn't just become your own knowledge
0: Mm. Mm. you learn it sounds very woo i know but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very esoteric
1: it does, I know it does it sounds very <laughs> esoteric but that's what that's what, that's what, that's what you get because you never know what, what you're going to come across when someone comes in mm. so you never know, someone would come in with an anxiety issue and when you go back you actually realise that maybe the, like I tell you the parents were arguing and it's that discomfort of people arguing because I don't think you, people enjoy seeing people arguing so just that anxiety of saying, "Oh my God, this is the situation I'm going to be born into," you know, and it's different. Another one actually had an issue. It was also self-worth, low, low self-worth, right? And how it turned out was that his dad, her dad, wanted the mother to abort the child. And as they're having a conversation, because the child is, is in the tummy, they hear all these conversations happening and when because at that age your what can i say your intellect is not as developed so you think the issue is you so you are the problem and therefore you are born into a situation where you don't feel worthy because your dad wanted you aborted
0: Mm. that's that's interesting to me and i want to pick up on that for a second you know because you're talking about and, and I, I use the word "woo, yeah know, that it yeah. sounds very esoteric, yes, but now that I think about um the situation that you you're, you're referring to of a baby mm. you know before being born, you yes. can hear the conversations they can hear the vibrations yes. that are going around, you know? yeah I think about how my mom, for instance, used to say, you know you should sing to the kid or read them a yes. book before yeah. they're even born, and I'd be like, ah, what are you talking about like <laughs> what is this you know and and she said, well the... They connect on some level um, to 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 what is happening around, and they mm. absorb all of those different energies even before they are. You know? African
1: know? wisdom. There's a lot of worth in, in that in 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 African wisdom. Uh, just to add into that before I answer you is that uh, I, I think in the especially in the KZN, in, in uh, you know the wisdom that is that when you are pregnant, you should behave a certain way. You shouldn't mix with certain people. You shouldn't go party. You shouldn't go this. You know, there's a lot of rules and. As, as now, when we grow up, we just think, ah, oh, they're old-fashioned. But they, through this uh, therapy, I've realized there's wisdom in the things that they used to say. Like you say, when you, when you actually do that, you reach to a child when they, before they're born, you are, you are forming a bond. And what happens is, because that's what you do for the child, when the child is born, they, they, they naturally gravitate towards those activities that you used to do with them. And that is why what you'll find is that when a mother is a singer and the mother used to sing when the child was pregnant, that's all the child knows. It's already programmed the neurons that form in the child when they're, when they're still in the tummy. The, that neuron is, becomes strong because that's all the mother used to do. Therefore, they also grow up and they gravitate towards music or they, they gravitate towards the arts. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's, 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 a, there's a lot of value in that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I want to pick up on that as mm-hmm. well, you know, this idea of neurons and the formation of neurons, and yeah. all that, because I realized that in, in, in the session that I had with you, mm. in fact, what was happening is that I was creating different links, yes. you know, and sort mm-hmm. of formulating sort of new pathways to yeah. traverse, yes. Yes. Um, and I would go to a certain place that might be negative, mm-hmm. and I would sort of talk to that, that, that specific energy Mm -hmm. that's happening, then reprogram it into a more more positive outcome. And I practiced that, actually, um, for two weeks after I went to your session, and I found Mm -hmm. that, you know, my associations would change. change, Um,
1: So do you want to talk about that? Okay, nobody... Okay, what you do? (laughs) Okay, let me just uh, think how to... Okay, what happens is when when we do... Especially for when we... Because there's different methods that you can use. So the first session that we normally do is... um, just to test what it is that's happening and to see how strong your resources are inside you. I'll do a, a couple of therapists just to test that. Just to test that. Excuse me, as one of them is the inner child. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, so brain waves, I don't know if I should start like neural pathways, right? Neural pathways they start forming when the baby is is is, is in the tummy. So that's for example, if the mother is depressed, that's a neural pathway that you're forming for a child. It's almost like you are wiring your child for depression. For example, let's say someone, um, you're pregnant when you're 16. You can't tell your parents. Your parents didn't even know you are sexually active. And that fear that comes with you discovering you're pregnant and not even knowing if the father will be there to, to, to see this through. It's all transferring. It's all transferring. Mm. And because it's the emotions you feel, we are, we are taught to believe that the child eats from what we eat, but also the emotions, the, the, the child carries the emotion that we, that we feel at that point in time. So when you are feeling depressed and you have fear, you don't know what's going to happen. The child takes So it's on. also brain food. Absolutely, yes. Mm. It's, it's almost like that's how the neural pathway starts forming. So you start forming those neural pathways. Where you are driven where, uh, driven by fear, where everything you do, you, you, your natural your natural in, um, emotion is fear or it could be anger or sadness depending on how the um, uh, the, the mother is feeling and then so basically that's why when you say uh, the brain the brain the, the neural the, the emotions and your thoughts and your your habits start forming between zero and seven years of age, and zero being the time Mm, mm. (laughs) being in the time because you come out it's already but as you are born these things get reinforced for example someone who grows up in a home where they are poor and all they see is struggle and that person later on in life will think life is hard life is a struggle and then someone else comes who grew up not seeing struggle and say what are you talking about you know, like yeah, they didn't have that absolutely formulation. Yes, that you're so basically, about. Yeah. how we see life and how we see things is informed by the environment that we grew up in.
0: Starting from the time, exactly,
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Starting from the time, mm. <laughs> for now, let's just leave it from the time. Yes, we'll, we'll, yeah. yes, yeah. Mm. So, so, therefore, when we, when we do sessions, when we see resources, when we do a resource state, we want to see how far does it go. So, for example, someone, they'll connect to your inner child and maybe the inner child is five years of age. Sometimes the child is sad. So you connect to the child, find out why the child is sad. So they will tell you why the, the, five year, the inner child is sad. And when, that, when they tell you, then you do symptomatic therapy around it. So that basically, the second phase? No, no, that's the first stage. That's the, the first first day. Day. Yeah. Okay. So you work with this child to such an extent that by the time they get out of this, the child is happy. So you don't leave the person walking we don't let the person walk away with a sad inner child and happy
0: as a result of formulating of the therapy. yes 100 okay. percent. Okay. so
1: basically what you do you you let the person there there's a child there who's who's watching all these things because you take them back to when the th- whatever happened the traumatic event happened so let's say the traumatic event happens at four Parents are divorcing, as an example. The child is seeing the parents divorcing. And as a four-year-old, at the level they're at, how they interpret it is that, oh, it's my fault. Therefore, the child grows up with low self-esteem, low self-worth, because they think, of course, my parents to split because of the lack of understanding at that age. So now when the person is 20 or 30, you go back to that scenario and you open it up and they are able to look at it with adult eyes and just by looking at it with adult eyes you are now rewiring the mind mm, you mm, do you get up mm, yeah mm. you are rewiring the mind so you're changing the experience you cannot change the you cannot change the incident but you can change the experience therefore it becomes a positive experience Like for example yes. you went into a into, if you're happy with that mm. we talk about it yeah. you went into a positive one and there's a reason why you went because there's a message that your inner child wanted to tell you does that make sense yeah. and then that inner child told you the message and you knew exactly what you needed to do once you were out mm. so yeah. yeah so it depends on so what happens is you connect you, I cannot we cannot control it Whatever inner child needs to come up at that point will come up because it, it it's the right time for you for it to meet you and to say whatever it is it needs to tell you.
0: I actually I actually felt taller after our session. I think I said this. Oh, <laughs> you did. Yeah, I literally, you did, yeah. I felt taller. You felt taller. Yeah. Um, but but on, it's energy. Yeah, and, it's you energy. know, I'm thinking about the aspect that you're talking about. You know, this formulation of. Um, these associations that we have with yeah. whatever negative experience is happening at that mm. early age and how that affects us on a grand scale, you know, from the relationships that we have okay. with spouses yes. to relationships we have sure. with general people, yeah. um, you know, to the kind of societies that we're building. Yes. It just makes me think on that scale, you know, Absolutely. how much of that is happening.
1: A lot, mm. a lot. <laughs> just, uh, just for example, in terms of, of in terms of relationships, how I see relationship is that relationships is like the yin and the yang, right? So you attract exactly the person who fits your dysfunction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you get what I'm saying? And, why, why is that? <laughs> because that's what you used, yeah. used to. That's want what to you used to. That's what you grew up seeing. Mm. No, not you want to... Re- it, it's, it's the energy you carry because of what you've seen happening at home. If, let's say, for example, you grew up in a home where... Your mother was a single parent. Maybe your mother never married. Was a single parent, or maybe they divorced, and your mother was working hard. As a boy, you'd probably attract a wife who works as hard as your mother. <laughs> do you, mm. you, you literally, because that's what you're used to. That's the energy you used to. That's what you know. That's what you're comfortable with. As an, a, a, even in your mind, but you're not aware because that, that's all you know. You cannot attract something that you do not know. that is Do you get what I'm saying? You, can, mm. you attract what you know, yeah. but when you attract it, you're not aware. But by the time you need deep in and you start opening up, you actually go, oh my goodness, this is exactly like my dad. This is exactly (laughs) like, this is exactly how my parents weigh. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like we we are conditioned. It's the mind. You just naturally gravitate towards what you know.
0: So hypnotherapy almost becomes like the bridge. To um, reformulate the stories that we're telling ourselves, absolutely, and yeah. um, you know, finding new stories to live. Absolutely, yeah. In in,
1: in a way, yeah, you're right. Because uh, I'll just give you an example of someone who. <sighs> Let me just think. Someone who has a fear of. I'm trying to think. Hmm. I can't think of an. Of an I, I can't think of, of let, right now. Let, let's yeah? talk
0: about. Um, hmm. y- you mentioned something about procrastination.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I remember, and I'm going back to my yes, session. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yes. That there's procrastination in itself. hmm Um. You know, it, it's actually connected to something deeper. Yes.
1: It's a. It's, right? a, it's a symptom.
0: It's a symptom. Yeah. Of something, yeah. Right? And you can go back and sort of. Attach the symptom to something, yes, um, you know, emotional or whatever the, the, the case is. Yeah, um, and I remember in my session, for instance, you, you, you helped me visualize mm-hmm. whatever was happening in the background, yes, um, and you put colors to it, you know, yes. you, you put um, adjectives <laughs> to basically now visualize this thing. Yeah. You, what were you trying to do when you, when you were doing that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's almost to make it to make it tangible for the mind to work with. Okay. Yeah. Just to make it tangible for the mind to work with Why why is
0: that? Is is it because the mind is such a it's like almost like a machine that you have to give input to for it to understand. It,
1: something. Yeah, mm. like they say, it's like the mind is like a, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a computer, whatever you put in, you actually get what? It's like garbage in, garbage out. But mm-hmm. if you put in good stuff in, you get good stuff out. When mm. I say garbage in, garbage out, for example, for example, of a child who grows up in a family where they're struggling, and they literally become, they struggle all their lives. Uh, and what I, I, I actually had a friend, who's who's an accountant and I mean by by accountants are not supposed to to have financial problems but literally he's sabotaged throughout his entire life because he grew up being struggling and being poor and the mind is still stuck in that and but even though he had the money you'd find that he will self sabotage he will spend money on the things that were not necessary just so that to fulfill it and to be able to change that we need to re-examine why they have this behavior why they're self-sabotaging and when you change when you open it up and the person can see it with that adult eyes what is happening then you're able to change it it's almost like knowledge erases karma so when you know then you understand and then you're able to change behavior because you don't control yourself something else controls you it's almost like uh, the mind controls you you don't the, the idea of self-control there's no self-control,
0: mm. yeah. but that's what we thrive on. I mean, this, that's is, what a, we this on. is the but culture it gets that we tired. live in. We try I to mean, control. Everything.
1: Absolutely, but they, there's no, there's no. It's an illusion. You mm. self-control is a, is, a, is an illusion. You can only control yourself to so much until that program that was instilled in you between six and seven kicks in, and when it kicks in, it comes back. I'll give you an example with myself the during the time when i wasn't working i literally focused on my weight i started eating properly and i was i literally lost 20 cages in four months and two years later i started eating i went back into corporate i started eating i started eating i started eating i, I could no longer control it i remember this one time going to run and i just felt my body was heavy like i just felt this heaviness i couldn't run and imagine 20 cages lighter and now I'm feeling my body's heavy. I cannot run. And I remember I never went back to run again. And I started piling up, started piling up weight. And it only, uh, it kicked into me. It, it, later on, then I realized it was a program. There is a reason why I'm eating the way I'm eating. Like I actually told you today that after so many years, I literally discovered last week why I'm eating.
0: Mm. Well, do you want to get into that
1: yeah i can get into <laughs> that <laughs> and i'll tell you i'll give you an example because i've literally been to and because i've studied hypnotherapy so i know how hypnotherapy works you need to come with an issue and be clear what your issue is for it to be solved so when you are when you are not sure the results you get are not sure mm. as well mm. so i went into hypnotherapy uh to, to to work on that and we couldn't get there because the answer the that ca- issue you yeah the on. weight okay. issue because okay. what came up was that I'm not in touch with my emotions. Mm. Do you get get what I'm saying? Mm. And so I left it. So I was like, you know what? This weight issue, there's other more pressing things to work on on myself. I'll see the weight issue later. Mm. And then I had another session with a colleague on the weight issue where you can actually visualize yourself being thin, and what are you eating? Literally, you can do suggestions around that. They only worked for two weeks, <laughs> and then as I was driving in the car, and I'm thinking, but why is this such a problem? And then a weight just come, like I just this voice just came to me. It was like that's because you're not fulfilled. Mm. So for me, weight <laughs> is, an, is a spiritual issue. I need to figure out. Why I'm not fulfilled.
0: Mm. So you're trying to substitute absolutely fulfillment, fulfillment,
1: but Mm. it's spiritual fulfillment with food because the brain cannot tell, (laughs) the the brain cannot distinguish. Get I'm saying, yeah, the mind cannot distinguish between the two. I'm I'm not fulfilled. Yes, I'm not fulfilled. So you keep eating until you feel full. And actually, I went to a point where where I would eat until I wouldn't stop until my time is full, until my time is so. That's when I would actually realize, oh my God, I'm full. And it's it's an underlying issue. Mm -hmm. So now, because I've cleared so many issues, now this issue is on the surface, it's coming up, it needs to be solved. Mm -hmm. And now that's what I'm going to work with.
0: (laughs) That's that's very interesting to me because it takes me back to this conversation of brainwaves and and how the mind operates, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I actually wrote a piece this morning talking about how Exactly that, that the brain can actually tell the difference between something that's imagined yes, that and what you actually weird. experience yeah. right? Um, and that because of that, um, you know, the fact that it can't tell the difference, you could essentially do anything anyway, even though it, that thing is imagined. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and actually traverse that path um, to a certain outcome.
1: Actually, that's literally what hypnotherapy works on, because mm. you work on your mind. You imagine yourself doing one, two, three, and then we just you just zone into that and you imagine it which is why with the question you asked earlier why i have to put color and put that because you see it the brain
0: mm. what, it actually sees it, exactly wow. it
1: sees mm. it because therefore it, it's real even though it's imagined because it sees it it's real mm. and you are able to put uh, to put uh, almost like to work with it because now it's tangible because think about it how can you work with something you cannot see
0: mm.
1: You cannot work with Mm. something you can't see.
0: And it's funny that you use the word tangible because Uh. tangible, you know, it's like tangible to the brain, but not really tangible. Not really tangible, but
1: to the brain it is tangible because if I say you are happy, you cannot recognize happiness, but if I say put a color to happiness, most people say pink, yellow. Those are nice bright colors. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Then when, when when it's tangible like that, but also you first see it in your body because... The mind the body the mind and the body are intertwined so what happens to the mind affects the body that's why they normally say the body stores energy so let's say someone was actually molested or they were raped when they were young the memory would close what that's how the mind works you have a trauma and it closes it up so that you can continue living because imagine if you lived with such horrible memories, you'd not be able to cope. Mm. So the mind, almost like it covers it, it it's doesn't. It's like your
0: mind is protecting, exactly you, from from protecting event. you from the yeah. event,
1: yeah. So it closes it up, so you never remember it. But the body keeps the score. So what you find is that most people who've either been molested or raped, when they go, I had a client who literally, when they go into a lift and there's men, they go into a panic. Like they start having panic attacks. The,
0: so- the association becomes stronger. Uh, the stronger, and exactly.
1: Because yeah. mm. now, when you're in a space with men alone. You just have this fear, and you don't know where it comes from. Mm. And then people will come to me, you know, I have this fear of men. I don't know where it, come from. it comes from. And then when you open it up, you actually realize that when they were young, they were either molested or they were raped. Mm. And then with the, with the, with the adult mind, they look into the situation, and they're able to see that. Because everything you do is an energy level. You can connect to someone because you're all energy. So when they connect to that person, they actually realize that, you know what? This person didn't mean harm. They, probably they were sixteen. There things were happening in their bodies, and they don't know. They didn't know what was going on, and because nobody spoke to them, they mm. were just experimenting. They didn't mean harm, and that mere fact of realizing that you actually were able to let go of the situation, mm. and then you heal. Why? Because you've changed how you've experienced it. You you do not change the the incident, but your experience of it changes. So just getting that knowledge and understanding that they didn't mean you harm. They actually didn't know what they were doing, they were just experimenting, they didn't know what was going on. You are able to let go mm. and forgive.
0: In fact, in my piece this morning, when I was writing, you know, I was talking about the brain as sort of like a hard drive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That would take the snapshot and sort of store it yes. somewhere mm-hmm. in your body. Right? Yes. It stores it yeah. in your body. And when you have a similar experience or a similar situation like what you just pointed out, mm. Um, you know, that hard drive is almost now recalled. Mm. And that yes. situation is. And because it was stored in a it's specific absolutely way. Absolutely, in a
1: specific way, yes. It's like
0: that association becomes stronger and, and stronger, stronger. And stronger
1: and stronger, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
0: But when you, when you go into it, you know, again, I, I keep going back to this, these brain waves mm. um, and, and creating new, new neural pathways that we can traverse. Is that you can go to that snapshot, mm-hmm. speak to it. Mm-hmm and now formulate a different relationship with it with and it, therefore yeah. have a, you know, a much more different outcome.
1: Absolutely, yeah, um, you're right, yeah.
0: It, it just makes me think it's, it's, <laughs> it's beautiful because, you know, I think about the energy that we create, just mm-hmm. the interactions that we have, you know, whether it's on social media, it feels like there's a lot of negativity that surrounds our interactions as humanity these days. Um, more so than before, I think there's for me, it almost feels like there's all these hard drives operating from these different environments, and they've created such a negative you know, um, vibration. Um, and I just wonder if we just need hypnotherapy, all of us.
1: <laughs> you know what? <laughs>
0: to, just, to just heal. <laughs> well,
1: you know what? what, what my, my, one of my principal used to say was that, a uh, hypnotherapy principle was that we are all in a state of hypnosis we don't realize it and you need a hypnotherapist to take you out of that state Mm. because for example i'll tell you one of the things that we may take lightly because i've also been through it it's like when you come from a background which was overly critical whenever you see something what you see you, you, you you first see the negativity of something you don't see the positivity of it and that's a mindset that's the programming you've had. So, everything that will happen, you'll fix it. That's
0: foresee. the hypnosis, actually.
1: Yeah, that's right. the hypnosis that happened between zero what and seven. What we call reality. Exactly, actually. exactly. Mm. So, when you say, just to take you back, I know you've been saying this and you didn't talk about it. Mm. When literally a child is born between the ages of zero and seven, their brainwaves are literally at a theta stage. Okay? Yeah. Theta? Theta, What's yeah. What's that? Okay, there's brain waves. Our brain has different waves. We've got beta, we've got alpha, we've got theta, we've got delta. Okay. So beta, it's the it's a awake state where we are. We are in an, in a beta state where we are awake. So this is where you'll find us having worry, anxiety, um, being critical of what's happen of what of what's happening here because the conscious mind is very awake. So it literally, it's literally taking over. So that's the beta stage where we are at. But what you find when we start going to into sleep, we we start going into alpha, and then from alpha you move into theta, and theta you go into delta. Right? So delta would be your deep, deep sleep. So when you get to delta, what you find when you even when you get into into theta, what you find that your your brain waves slow down. And when they slow down, your heart rate also slow down, your body becomes cooler, becomes cold. And that is why when you see people who meditate, they always have blankets. Mm. Because when you are meditating, you're literally going into those states, which you naturally go into anyway when you go to sleep. But what, what meditation does in hypnotherapy, therapy, hypnotherapy, is you are able to access those states in the awake state with just your eyes closed. So you are awake. The same way that a, a, a person who meditates would be able to, atta- to, to, to access that in those images that we access, that have been stored, we are also able to access it with hypnotherapy.
0: So we are currently living in the beta state.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> we are all, when we are like this, we are in the beta yeah. state. But when you go to bed, then your, your, your brainwaves start slowing down.
0: Do you think that's why, um, and I th- we spoke a little bit about this, but do you think that's why there's such a stigma around hypnotherapy because people are essentially afraid to go into different levels of their existence, actually, which it actually exists, but it's, you know, it's, as you saying, it's almost like the different levels where we're accessing right now a very visual reference that we can all mm-hmm. relate to, right, which is the beta stage that you're talking about. Mm-hmm, which is awake state, that yeah. Now the the sort of lower levels. I don't. I don't know if they lower or higher. It is almost not, like the
1: lower levels yeah? because your brain waves start to slow down. that's okay. to slow down because here your brain waves are so active. If if someone puts you jump, but think about it when you're in a meditative state and someone speaks to you, it's kind of like you take time to respond yes. because your brain waves have slowed down. Okay. not know does okay. does it make yes, sense? Yes, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. sense and the, yeah. and it's almost like what can i say like i know you do vipassana as well i've done vipassana so what what you do with vipassana just sitting there you are actually just accessing deeper and deeper levels mm. of your of, of of the brain waves where you can actually open up but the difference is that when you're sitting and meditating you're waiting for anything to come up that needs healing Whereas with hypnotherapy, we are going directly for the issue. Mm. For example, like you were saying, when someone comes with the issue of procrastination, in my brain, in my mind, when somebody comes with procrastination, I already know what the possible issues are. One, it could be fear of failure. One, it could be perfection. And perfectionism is a a form of fear of failure or fear of success. Or it could be low self-worth. They don't trust themselves. They doubt. It could be doubt but I don't know what your issue is so it is only when we go in that I actually figure out what do you get what I'm saying mm. because the reason why you'd have one of those things is informed by an event <laughs> so we what we do is we take that issue you came up with we go and look for an event that made you a perfectionist or mm. have so left so self-worth or have do you get what I'm saying yeah. or have fear of failure
0: it's almost like it's, it's. This is a comedic association, but it reminds me of like the Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're walking there with your cannon and you're shooting at these. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels very much like that. But um, do do you think hypnotherapy has a place in uh, you know in traditional medicine, in traditional healing? Um, not in the traditional sense, sorry, <laughs> but just in. In in the well-being of humanity, essentially, Do you I'm think not. It has a place? Oh, when you say just, traditional just like medicine, it's in
1: Western medicine. Just
0: okay. Let me let me put it this way: in the grander scheme of well-being,
1: I think it it on a mainstream it day. has it has. I'll tell you, there's a place for for Western medicine, and there's a place for hypnotherapy. For example, when someone someone breaks a leg. There's no reason why they should come to me. There's no way I can help them. But what you find is when someone has broken a leg or they've broken an arm, three af- long after the, 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 the bone has healed, the person still experiences pain. I don't know if you've ever had someone who says, when it's cold, I feel pain here, I broke my arm. It has nothing to do with the cold, it's the emotion that's stuck there. So basically when you break your arm, you find that there's an emotion that was associated with that. Even though the, the bone will heal, but people will still experience pain. And all they do is they'll give you pain tablets because there's nothing else they can do to you. There's nothing wrong physically. But it's mm. an emotional mm. issue. That's where hypnotherapy comes in.
0: That's interesting because... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah?
0: No, the reason why, why, why I relate to that so much is um, I used to play basketball. Yeah. Um, and while playing basketball, actually at some point I broke both, not at the same time, yeah. both my ankles at different times, yeah. uh, within a period of maybe really six, six to eight months, mm. right? And for some reason, something in me was just scared to play basketball again, yeah. because of that association of, you know, mm. oh man, I could break my ankle, yes. or I could break this, or whatever the case is. I got over that by, um, by skating, which mm-hmm. is much more dangerous than that basketball. basketball, I went to yes, skating, yeah. and, you know, sprained a few things during skating but went back on and sort of recalibrated and yes. learned how to get back okay. on yeah. rather than oh you know I've done this now I'm not going to do this thing That's again it. right uh, and I got over that fear from, 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 that, from that perspective um, but what I think is happening there is that there's almost like a, a, a brainwave or an emotional association, association that's, that's why happening. You don't like, yes, you know, and therefore that's why you would feel the pain. Absolutely, yes, it. yeah. yeah.
1: It's just the emotion, and when we when when you literally open it and we go there, you will find what emotion it is, and as soon as you release it, you no longer experience pain. Mm. So there is value, and I'll tell you, there is value in hypnotherapy because it's the only way that can change your mindset. There is nothing that I, I don't know of anything that will change a negative ni- mindset to a positive mindset if you're just negative you probably remain negative unless you make um conscious effort mm. but as i say self-control is an illusion and we, one day we will all we'll wake up into it i mean think about it when you procrastinate one today you think you've got a hang off with it, the next day you've procrastinated. You don't know when it's going to hit and when you're going to lose that, lose that control. So self-control is an illusion. But what you do, you can permanently change your brain waves to work for you, to to be able to see different things in life. You can literally do that.
0: Mm. Mm. That's, that's amazing. I want to ask you another question. Um, there's a, a, f- a friend of mine who asked me about if there is some kind of ancestral uh, gift that you might have,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or is
0: it completely disconnected to that?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think intuition into okay. being intuitive, yeah, okay. being intuitive. Um, yeah, as you would know, I did go through uh, initiation, yeah, African, Afri- in, in, being initiated to African spirituality. I don't know whatever that means. I did go through that, but what I found is that my intu- my intuition plays a big role. Like for example, when someone walks into my practice, I, I already feel the energy of what's happening with them. Yeah, I just and some I feel I feel the energies. I feel mm. the energy. Like for example, before I even come into teach a meditation class, I literally just a, a visu- before the, a, the day before, I just visualise in my in in my mind the type of people who will come into class, and then I just make um A script tailor-made to the to the issues that they have. Yeah. (laughs) Does that help in many ways? It does. It does help because people will be like, "Oh my goodness!" Each time I came here, you have it's exactly what I'm going through, and they just don't know how I do it. But I actually just connect to them energetically to just to figure out what their issues are.
0: Okay. Um. I think I was asking about the um, sort of ancestral gift. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you mentioned that it, it's, it's connected to your intuition mm-hmm. and the intuition helps you in your practice when you actually have clients and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, is, it, is it completely connected to that or is it a much higher vibration or um, you know, is, it, is it something that you see as, as directly connected to that ancestral path or does it come with other things that might you know, sort of enhance, enhance your practice?
1: okay I'm not clear of what you're asking
0: so in in other words um, is it a more intellectual practice or is it Mm. intellectual and spiritual
1: actually it's both it's intellectual and spiritual Um, in a sense that when someone walks in I can literally sense their vibration Mm. of okay this is what this person is going through and sometimes I look at the person through the eyes And i can see what's happening like and i look through people's eyes i can see sadness Mm. i can see guilt i can i can see what's going on through their eyes Mm. so that actually also helps me when the person when we go uh, into into hypnotherapy because what happens is you it you may be overwhelmed when we are down there so when i've noticed something i'll just ask nudge and ask questions there and there there and there just to see what's going on Mm. so just to get better clarity so that when the person is clearing whatever it is we are clearing that I don't leave things lingering that we just tighten it up because I've actually picked up the energy that the person is is is, is working in with yeah okay.
0: Mm. Okay. so the energy aspect of it is, is the
1: intuition yes it's the intuition and the yeah and the intellectual part is it's the, the intellectual part is is the knowledge yeah okay. the intellectual part is the knowledge you're right it's almost like it's it's a it's, it's a what do you call it it's a it's
0: a symbiosis yeah it's a yeah. symbiosis
1: yeah, yeah the knowledge you're right yeah. because without the knowledge if someone walks in and they have procrastination if I don't have the knowledge I'll work on procrastination and procrastination is just a symptom it's almost like if you see a tree with the roots the tree that the branches would be procrastination but when you actually the tree, the root is low self-esteem or it could be fear of failure or fear of success so that's the root and the branch is just procrastination if Mm. I may say yeah this
0: is this is incredible (laughs) this is amazing so
1: if when i if when i have casual conversations with people and they tell me they have issues of this like i already do you get what i'm saying Mm. then you just get to an okay this could be yeah
0: okay Mm. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, I, I remember asking one question. Um, it was not necessarily part of the, the consultation. I think it was after the consultation uh-huh. or before. can't remember. Um, I asked you a question about manifestation.
1: Oh, yes, yes, um, yeah, yes, yeah.
0: And I was very taken by your your answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're talking about setting the conditions. Yes. Because manifestation is not a thing on its own. Mm. It sort of has to have... A pathway to even get there right? Yes, so the right. pathway is set in the conditions um, what what did you mean by
1: that okay what I meant was that um, it's almost I see manifestation almost like the same way as miracles you get know what I'm saying and when I say I know we talk about I'm going to manifest this I can manifest this but manifestation is a vibration it has to do with the vibration you you vibrate at by that what I mean is you cannot Physically bring things into life, but what you can do is you can set conditions For manifestation to happen for miracles to take place. I don't know if that makes sense Mm. Mm. For example when you planting when you're studying a garden you plant you don't manifest the end result You just plant a seed, but what do you do? You remove all the weeds that you don't need you cultivate the sand for it to be ready for something to germinate or for something to sprout you don't literally manifest so how can you manifest things in your life so this is just my take on it like you set the conditions you remove whatever it is that's blocking manifest you being able to manifest the life you want you remove fear you remove shame you remove guilt you remove your self worth issues and then you're able to manifest and manifestation happens all the things you've always wanted they start happening because you've removed the blocks that have been preventing that energy flow
0: so it's an active process it's it, not it, no, you it don't is. wait for things to happen you participate no,
1: no. yeah mm. it's almost yeah. like you're helping it for example like when you plant when you let's say you're planting seeds you want to you or you do gardening what do you do mm. you just prepare the soil you just prepare the soil you make sure that the conditions are set for whatever it is to bloom you don't necessarily mm. make it bloom mm.
0: And then the miracle takes care exactly, of itself. The, yeah. Exactly.
1: The yeah. miracle takes care of itself. That's how I see manifestation. That's how I see miracles. Mm. And if you're not able to manifest what you want to manifest, or you're not able to... to uh, if you don't see miracles in your life, I think you should ask yourself, what is blocking me? What energy is blocking me from manifesting what I want mm. to manifest? Mm. And then you just remove those things, and then energy starts to flow, mm. and then you're able to manifest. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's, 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 it's sometimes... I think a lot of people are scared of even asking the question mm. honestly to mm. themselves, right? Because I think in, in in a lot of our situations, we um, it's easy for us to pinpoint something that's yes, outside of us 100%. because we have a visual representation of mm. that. Thing. Oh, it's my ex-wife, or it's this, or it's that, or it's you know, uh, or, yes. or whatever the case is, right? Um, and you know, then that that association is, is very is a visual representation for our failure, right? Mm. Um, whereas when you are actually asking the question to yourself, it's, yeah. it's that process, that active process of reading out
1: exactly the things yeah. Yeah, the things that are blocking you. Mm. It's a, what I would call that. It's actually kind of like like a a victim mentality where you're always seeing someone as the issue, and it's also a, a mindset which you need to change for you to be able, cause without changing that mindset, you'll not be able to see things the way they are. I've also went through a process where for everything in my life, I always had someone else to blame. I had someone else to blame. And that became, that was able to change, you know, from slowly just by working on my mind, by realizing that actually, why am I blaming, why is this person an escape gate, an escape goat? Why am I always blaming this person for my issues? And slowly just, trying to figure out why, why why am I blaming this person? How come this person, because this person doesn't control my life. They don't control what comes to me and what doesn't come to me. Why am I blaming it on them?
0: Mm. Mm. You sort of have to be very honest at that level. That's what it
1: requires. And while you say that, that's what I find with hypnotherapy is that people who are actually not comfortable with looking at themselves and looking and and, uh, opening up to the negatives and to who they really are they don't really enjoy hypnotherapy mm, those people mm, will come mm. once and they don't come again
0: mm, you've just nailed something that I, I I just realized which is that's probably where the stigma also comes from yeah is the fact that we're very dishonest actually? yes with ourselves. About with
1: ourselves yeah
0: and to go to that point to, you need to be very, us, yeah you, you need to be very honest
1: yeah. yeah I i know which is myself I had to be like you know I think one of the things that has really had, has driven my healing is that I've always believed that there's got to be something different and also when I suffer, I kind of reach to a, a point where I'm just tired of talking about one and the same issue all the time like, like I get tired of hearing myself complaining all the time talking about the same issue at the time and that literally how hypnotherapy saved me because then I wanted to, how can I change this? I can't keep talking, it's three years later, it's still the same issue, something is wrong I start thinking something is wrong with me why am I not changing? Why am I talking about the same thing I spoke about three years ago? And then that's how I actually started changing. Then I just go and I open it up and, and I've had to be as honest as I can be. And that is why I can sit here and be able to tell you about my weight issue that I'm not fulfilled. And someone else would like to say, oh, because you're doing this, you're doing that, you're fulfilled. It's work in progress. Mm. But if I cannot be able to talk about my weaknesses, how am I going to heal? so it starts there it starts there Mm. you need to be able to look at yourself and be happy with someone else knowing i'm not good at this i'm Mm. not good enough you know i'm selfish i'm jealous because that's when you change it it's almost like when you're able to face that aspect of yourself then you can change it but if you pretend it's not there it stays there but it doesn't mean other people don't notice it. Mm. Your friends will see it. The closest people will see it because it will sneak in. It will sneak in.
0: That's one of the things that I I sort of picked up again for my session. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Was this idea that, to me, it, it almost felt like, um, like, like I was almost, doing surgery on myself, yes. right? Mm. And you were there as the facilitator. Data. You were not the yeah. surgeon. Necessarily. No, absolutely. So it's like I was a, my own surgeon. Yes. And because of that, you know, there was a level of empowerment that I had mm. to actually go there to that point, you know, and, yes. and cut this thing out. Uh-huh. Um, so... Yeah, I feel like I feel like hypnotherapy should be part of mainstream culture. <laughs> it, it
1: is. It's going. It's going to get there. I have no yeah. doubt. It's just a matter of time. It will get there. Because mm. I'll tell you, the clients who come to me, they are just tired of popping pills. They are tired of this anxiety. They feel they're tired of feeling like something is wrong and having things not changing. And slowly, slowly, it's changing. It, it, South Africa hasn't caught up, but it's it's getting there. Mm. All the other countries, like uh, if we go to New Zealand, to Australia, US, UK it's literally taught in universities. Mm. So it's slowly getting there. It's mm. slowly gonna get there.
0: Mm. Well, cool, thank you. Thank you so much for your time.
1: No, thank you, <laughs> thank you. This was very v-
0: valuable and um, insightful. Um, I think it helped for me to actually have a session with mm-hmm. you as yeah. well, like okay. an actual <laughs> hypnotherapy session to know what we're talking about, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I wish you all the success.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, yeah.
0: Cool. I'm sure those credits already really now. Right? What
1: credits? <laughs> <laughs> what credits? First yeah. guest. Oh, first guest. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I wish you could have
0: asked the question. I want you to ask the question. <laughs> oh.